Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, presents the official podcast of Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. On today's program, we'll give you the latest news from the world of University of Georgia Athletics and more. And now, from the broadcast studios of Dogs on Demand, here's your host, Chris Hall. All right, Chris Hall here for Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Good to have you with us today on our program. And it's good to have Rusty Manziel, CBS Sports, a recruiting analyst, a Georgia writer for 247sports.com. It's always good to have Rusty on our program. And today we come to you to talk about the big game. You know, I, I was looking over this game. You have Slippery Rock taking on Edinburgh University <laughs> this weekend. So I know we want to talk about this game. That, that's... That might be that a little out of is, my wheelhouse. Yeah, that, that actually is a game that's happening this weekend, but mm. not exactly on the top shelf for us today, of course. Uh, you have a number one, number two matchup. Those kind of things are very rare in, during the regular season in college football. First, uh, first time ever in Sanford Stadium, number one, Georgia against number two, Tennessee. Now, the college football playoff rankings are going to come out a little later on as we record this program. So you might have number one, Tennessee, against number two, uh, Georgia, uh, in the uh, college football playoffs. So, Rusty, here we are. Now, the news this morning out of Athens, you know, concerning Nolan Smith, of course, that's not a good thing uh, for for Nolan, you know, for him personally. Apparently, uh, he is going to have to have a um, a season-ending surgery, a pectoral injury he suffered Mm. against Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that's that's going to be a little tough. So, uh, so as as you sit here today, uh, looking now down the road at Georgia and Tennessee, just give me your thoughts. What are you thinking about this game? Well, obviously, you know, thoughts with Nolan Smith. I've known him since he was an eighth grader at Calvary Day in Savannah, and uh, he had a torn pec muscle, and so he's going to have surgery on Thursday. Very similar to what JJ Watt went through a couple years ago. So, you know, he's probably looking at a four and five month rehab. I hope that uh, he's able to potentially go through his draft process, but he is going to play NFL football and he's just a kid that, that he loves football. So, um, you know, I know this is a, a, a big bump in the road for him, but I, I think Nolan will come back as strong as ever. You know, kid love, I mean, Tony, he loves football and he played high energy for Georgia. So, uh, you know, kind of thoughts with him and his family this weekend as he goes through that. But, you know, you look at this game and I kind of summed this thing up, Chris, Pretty simple. I mean, we're going to find out two things this weekend for sure. Is Georgia's defense for real? And is Tennessee's offense the number one offense in the country? You know, I don't want to compare them to LSU 2019. I know people are starting to do that. And that's hard when you have like five number one draft picks on LSU. That was probably the greatest offense that I've ever seen. But I do think Tennessee has potential to be extremely explosive every single play. Um, I, I say this, and I haven't really made my mind up on a prediction yet, but Georgia will play Tennessee different than anyone else has so far. Yeah. Georgia is not going to play as much zone, and I'm not the X and O guy, and I'm not sitting in that room with Nick Saban and those guys and their game planning. I don't know why they did that, but Georgia is going to take that tape, and they're not going to play that much zone. So it's going. To, we're going to have some questions answered this weekend. 
Uh, I expect Tennessee to score points. I'm not crazy here, but Georgia is going to challenge those Tennessee wide receivers. Are not going to be free release. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, we're going to find out a lot of questions going to be answered this weekend. But Georgia is going to play Tennessee different than anyone has so far. You know, scheme, I, I kind scheme, of scheme wise, scheme wise. Yeah, I, I kind of crunched some numbers here, and surprisingly, when you look at a lot of the numbers, Georgia and Tennessee are right there together. You know, sure. even with Stetson Bennett and uh, Hooker. Uh, yeah, you know, from yeah. uh, uh, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. I mean, you basically, if you look at their stats, there's not a whole lot of difference uh, be- between no. them as far as yards. Uh, you know, uh, Hooker is thrown for 2,338 yards. Well, Bennett's uh, thrown for 2,349 yards. Uh, you know, yeah. so you, you visually you would think Hendon Hooker is 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 so much beyond Stetson Bennett, but the reality yeah. is they're neck and neck now. Uh, Hooker's thrown for more touchdown passes than Stetson Bennett, uh, but explosive, explosive plays. Yeah, and and you mm-hmm. know I, I was thinking I you know been reviewing some of uh, Tennessee's games, and I, I think it was a perfect storm for Tennessee to have the quarterback they have and the receiver receivers they have. You know, if you don't have that those qualities to run that offense, that offense is not going to be like it is right now with Tennessee. So you know, I mm-hmm. think they're very fortunate to have their quarterback and their receivers that they have so that they can run that uh, that offense. Um, but, you know, as Georgia and Tennessee, total offense, uh, Tennessee's number one overall, uh, number one in the SEC, 530 yards a game. Georgia's number two overall, number two in the SEC, 530.1 yards per game. And you go down the list, don't want to run, you know, all through all these numbers, but you run down the list, a list and uh, th- this, you know, these teams are very evenly matched. You're in Athens. Uh, Coach Smart says if you can't talk after this game, you were not yelling enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. Game day is going to be there. SEC Nation's going to be there. The attention of the world is going to be on this game. Unfortunately, you know, it's not a night game. It's a 3.30 game, but that's CBS. And don't we love CBS? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, Man, this is going to be wild. This this may be the greatest game. I, yeah, it may be an exaggeration, but the greatest game that's ever been played at Sanford Stadium. Is that an exaggeration? On paper, it's the best matchup uh, yeah. if you go by rankings. So certainly, you know, there's been some great games there. Um, but but um, I, I think that the matchup-wise on paper, I we were, like I say, we're recording this now. It would not surprise me if Tennessee's number one tonight when the playoff yeah. rankings come out. And I, I bet Kirby Smart would hug every person on that committee if they make Tennessee number one tonight. That would help him out just every little ounce you can get. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can imagine the conversation they would have there, although they say they don't they don't pay attention to rankings, you know, whatever. But uh, you know, you look at this and yeah, I agree with you a little bit that the Georgia offense is getting overlooked. What 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 you look at for Tennessee is fifty two points on Alabama. And yeah. and again, you know, Alabama had 14 penalties. You know, they had four pass interference calls, um, you know, and that's reality. So at the end of the day, I still think it comes down to can Georgia get Tennessee off the field? Because I think Georgia's going to score enough. Um, their, their offense is going to have a good day. I think they're going to give Tennessee some issues there. And, uh, you know, uh, A.D. Mitchell right now, I would lean he's not playing. So but they haven't been playing without him. So. Uh, you look at those things. I went back and watched the Tennessee game last night, again from last year, and Georgia hurt them twice with James Cook. Well, James Cook's not there anymore. Right. 
But Kenny McIntosh can do some things like that in, in space, you know, spread him out, those types of things. So, you know, I hate to kind of be simplistic about it, but to me, is can they get uh, Tennessee off the field? Can they get stops? Because that is what they're built on. They're going to they're going to outscore you. You know, Tennessee is going to give up some points, but they're going to outscore you. So and this is also, Chris, first time they've been on the road in this type of environment. So, right. um, you know, that, that that's going to differ. How, how can the Georgia, you know, I knew Kirby Smart at some point was going to issue a challenge to these Georgia fans that, hey, you make this place as rowdy as you did last year against Arkansas. And Arkansas had two false starts on the first series, a three and out, and right. it kind of snowballed on them. So, um, we'll see with that deal, but I, I think that Georgia, I think Stetson Bennett, you know, he's had some highs and lows. You know, that ball he threw Saturday, I know I wish he would have had that back. But, you know, one one play, and you might remember this, Chris, he throws that interception, and then he throws that second interception. Yeah. Uh, and he comes back, and the next ball he throws is to um, Marcus Rosamy and over the yeah. middle. And how tight that window is to yeah. have the – Kind of, you know what to reach in there and throw one across the middle into tight coverage. That kind of shows you what Stetson Bennett brings to the table and the confidence he has to come right back and make that throw. Yeah, uh, you know Stetson's been through. He's been through the mill, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I know there's gonna these guys are gonna have butterflies all in their stomach in the uh, you know as the game begins. Uh, but you know, uh, Georgia is tested. Uh, you, you go through now you, you got a lot of young guys that were not there last year, but you go through what they went through last year. Georgia is tested. You know, uh, Tennessee puts up 52 points on Alabama, but they give up 49 and, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and Alabama's offense is comparable to Georgia's offense. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. these, these elite teams, they're right there together offensively yeah. and, and, uh, defensively. Uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this. Georgia needs Georgia needs several seven and eight minute drives. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get scores, uh, touchdowns. I, I think I think we're going to see Georgia run the ball on Saturday. I, I think yeah. we're going to try to. You know, Georgia's not going to change what they're going to do offensively. I know that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Georgia's a little more. I, th- I think a little more balanced than Tennessee offensively. I think we may see. I think we may see the ground game uh, in in the you know the short passes that that Georgia does, uh, because I think Georgia really wants to control this game. The best defense against Tennessee Tennessee's offense is to keep them on the sideline. Don't you that's think right. that's right? Absolutely. Three and you get them the three and outs, get them off the field, and then and then you kind of break them down as you are able to take control of the clock, and that wears a team down for the second half. So. You know, I think the physicality the offensive line played with last week, and even Kenny McIntosh, let's mention him, after the turnover, which was a great play by the Florida linebacker, comes in and rips the ball out. I mean, Kenny McIntosh had the ball tight. The guy comes in and rips it out. I mean, he made a good play. But the next four or five runs by Kenny McIntosh were his best four or five runs of the day. He so was mad. How, <laughs> how, physical, how physical he is. So I know that Georgia, that make things a lot simpler for Georgia if they can just sit there and run the ball on Tennessee. So uh, I'll, I'll say this too, a lot of discussions on the lack of sacks, but Anthony Richardson is 6'5", 240 pounds. He's not easy to tackle. Now, Hooker's not like that physically. Now, he's a much better passer, and he will torture you, obviously, in the passing game. But he likes to run a little bit. But Georgia can get him to the ground if they can create that type of pressure that they did on Saturday. 
Um, they were winning a lot of one-on-one battles. The, the fourth, last fourth down of the game, uh, Jalen Carter comes in and puts an incredible move on the guard, and he got his hands on Anthony Richards. Couldn't get him to the ground, so all the credit in the world to Anthony Richards. Hooker's kind of not like that run-wise. Now, passing is not even close right now. Uh, Hooker is elite there, but I think George has got some opportunities to get some hits on him and get him to the ground if they play the way they did this past weekend uh, against Florida. And, you know, no, Nolan Smith, uh, that's going to be a big hole. But, you know, uh, you're going to get back Jalen Carter, who played on Saturday against uh, Florida. Uh, I think Amaris Mims is maybe questionable uh, for the game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think he, he's probably a game time, but, but that's a lot better news than what initially you don't like to see them messing with that knee on the field because you know what yep. they're testing. It was big guys. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. And Arian Smith, uh, I think he's going to be back on the field. For Georgia, right. and but you you know Nolan's down. Okay, at the edge rusher edge edge rusher position, but you got Robert Bill there, who uh, led the team in sacks last year. Uh, yep. Chambliss is there. Marvin Jones uh, Jr. is there. So you know it hurts to lose Nolan, but you got some pretty good guys backing him backing him up, don't you? I tell you what, I, I think they're going to do. I think they're going to slide Michael Williams out a little bit, stand him up. Yep. You're talking about a five star edge rusher, six yep. foot five, you know and Here's the thing about Michael. Michael has had a lot of pressure this year. He didn't have the sacks because he just hadn't got there yet. But you look at Michael in a game like this and the ability to get off blocks, um, covered him last year, covered him two years, you know, see him play this year. He can play the value of him. You know, everybody talks about he was the next Trayvon Walker, which is a, a comparable, um, you know, to me because uh, he can play with his hand down or stand up. So, you lose a guy like Nolan Smith, who's a stand-up. You know, you can slide Michael over there. So I expect to see a lot more of 13. I know Marvin Jones is still a little banged up. Had the flu last week. Uh, that's a guy you're probably going to see. Chaz Chambliss, you know, as well too. So it's going to be by committee. But I, I think you're going to see more of 13 this week than you have all year. And listen, uh, we're eight games into the season. So these freshmen, freshmen, no uh, you right. know, players. Right. No. Uh, you know they've they've gone through the meal now, and uh, no, yeah. you know they so there they are. Uh, yep. So the uh, college football rankings. Uh, by the time somebody may see our program, uh, they will have come out. Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee. They're, they're going to be jockeying for the number one position. It's either probably going to be Georgia or Tennessee uh, as number one in the college football uh, rankings. Now Georgia's number one in the AP poll, and you know a lot mm-hmm. of these other polls as well. Uh, so you got Ohio State, Georgia, and Tennessee almost locks for uh, the first three positions in the college football rankings. So who's going to come next? Is, is it, it going to be TCU? Is it going to be Clemson? Is it going to be Alabama? Is, is it going to be Oregon? Yeah. You know, the college football playoff committee, they just do things differently from AP and all these, these other guys. So what do you think? Who are we going to see up there? Well, normally, Chris, I could care less about the first ranking. Uh, I'm very interested in how they treat Tennessee tonight because I know the narrative and how I think that's why everybody, because here's the, here's the facts for a team that, that you and I cover. If Georgia wins out, it doesn't matter what rankings are in. They're, they're right. in, you know, if Alabama wins out, they're in. Uh, right. If Tennessee wins out, they're in. So, you know, you're in that mix. You kind of want to see how things go, but you know, the TCUs and, uh, the Michigans and all them, they will be watching this thing, interested to see what the playoff committee thinks of them because they'll know what they've got to do to get there and what kind of breaks you got to have. But 
Fortunately for a team that we cover in Georgia, if you handle your business, you're in. So I think tonight is going to be everybody wants to see where Tennessee is. And I think a lot of Georgia fans would probably hope for Tennessee to be number one just to just to give that a uh, little one more one more little factor here. But you know, yeah. truthfully, you said it a while ago. It's just hard to believe that this it only it's only happened three times in the history of the SEC one versus two. So that's crazy as well. But uh, I, I will tell you this without hesitation. I think it's going to be the largest representation of a visiting fan base probably ever in Sanford. There's going to be a ton of Tennessee fans there. Yeah, if yep. I hear Rocky Top one more time, I may go inside. <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. that's just well, me. At least you're not in Knoxville because it would be. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. if you're a Tennessee fan, you love it. You know, you know yeah, the thing. Sure. And you hear sure. the thing all sure. the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be a great game, of course, uh, on CBS, 3.30 on uh, Saturday afternoon. And you'll have Brad Nessler and uh, the Gary Danielson and the whole crew there. Somebody and, give uh, Gary a roster, please. I, yeah, I know. Golly. <laughs> I know. Well, they, it was driving me nuts with Xavier Trust being called, you know, Devin Willett being called Xavier Trust. And, and I do this on Friday nights, so I do the, the caller. Somebody yeah. comes in your ear and goes, hey, 77 is not Xavier Trust. Yeah, it was driving me nuts to, to say, "Look, <laughs> it's Devin Wellick. Give the kid his credit," you know. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've done play-by-play uh, sure. in the past uh, for uh, several schools, and and it can get hectic when you're doing play-by-play and watching sure. the game, especially yeah. if you're invested in the team, you know, yes. that you're yeah. uh, that you're yeah. uh, doing the play-by-play for. Uh, well, we're looking forward to that game. A couple of other uh, things: uh, Brian Harson is out at Auburn, of course. And uh, he he's gone. We anticipated that, you know. We we anticipated that, you know, with the, what Auburn was doing this year, that Harson was not going to last. Yeah, we got a new AD from Mississippi State, and so he went ahead and pulled the trigger on Brian Harson. It, it's kind of funny. I told my wife yesterday, you know, the coach at Auburn got fired, and she said, "Oh no, not at Christmas time." And I said, "Honey, he's going to get like seven million dollars in a buyout, you know, so it, it's he can still go to Walmart to get you know Christmas." Uh, he, got, he got 15 million. Did he get so 15? He, okay. He got 15. 15. Yeah. He gets That's 7 amazing. million within, he gets 7 million within 30 days. So you were right. Yeah. But the other eight's coming. Oh my goodness. So tell yeah. her he's going to be okay. He's yeah. I, I told her, listen, let's, let's, let's shed no tears. And of course, if Jimbo goes, uh, but you know, right now he'd get what? 84 million or some kind of ridiculous. 80, 86. Yeah. He would never worry about a power bill ever. Yeah. Uh, Harson, uh, you know, he, he, he came to Auburn from Boise state, had great success at Boise state, but it just seems like he never, he never fit at, at Auburn. And I don't know. Uh, Reese Davis from ESPN made this point. He, he didn't really like the way that Auburn treated Brian Harson. that, you know, that he didn't think they treated him fair. You know, it's unfortunate. You know, it's Auburn, so you know we're pulling yeah. for Georgia, but it, it's unfortunate. It, it just shows it shows you when a when a school gets down is with coaching and they get down in performance. Man, it's hard to it's hard to dig out of that hole. Uh, so, it, it, give me your best guess. Uh, well, who, Hugh Freeze is he going to wind up at Auburn? What do you think? The sign that I knew things were were gone was when Mike Bobo and Derek Mason both left. Yeah. Like. Well, your two coordinators leave like they know something's going on so i knew right. it was a matter of time no matter what was going on there from everything i read um they're 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 going to make a play for lane kiffin and 
you know, you can have an opinion, hundred things. Here's here's people say, well, he's got it going on. Ole Miss certainly he does, but there's a stipulation in Ole Miss's contracts, I believe, where they can only do four years. Maybe that's the state of Mississippi rule. They can only do four years extensions every four. I mean, Auburn could come in and I give him a seven or eight million eight year deal for you know eighty or ninety million dollars, yeah. and that that is you know, that is financial stability for the rest of your life. And Auburn's got better resources than Ole Miss. Then, um, to be honest now, but he is doing a heck of a job at Ole Miss. He's got them rolling. He's done. And here's the other thing too: he has done as good as anybody in the country in the transfer portal. Yeah. Well, Auburn's roster is as low as I've ever seen it talent wise. They've yeah. got to have transfer portal now. They've got to hit in the portal to try to flip this roster. So I'm not saying Lane Kiffin's going to go there, but I'm saying why Lane Kiffin would look at Auburn and why Auburn would look at him as well. Uh, great success at Ole Miss. And, you know, Lane, Lane Kiffin's one of those guys, you either love him or hate him. That's There's exactly no in between. Right. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. With, with Lane uh, Kiffin. Uh, personally, I like the guy. I mean, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. he's different. He's interest, got a different yeah. personality. You know, my football personality kind of matches with his. So I like mm-hmm. the guy myself personally. And he's not uh, afraid to t- he's not afraid to talk it. You know what I mean? That's for yeah. me. I, I get it. And he's, you know, he's great on social media. He's great yeah. on Twitter. Great on and Twitter. It, I, and his dog is really good on social media as well. The ju- juice has got a following. So. <laughs> Isn't that some? Mm-hmm. Uh, some other games in the SEC. We'll run through these quickly. Uh, Kentucky at Missouri. I was surprised Missouri beat South Carolina. Defensively, on- they defensively they, since the Georgia game. Defensively, yeah. Missouri has played really well. They're, they're not a team you probably want to play right now because their defense is playing well. Yeah, uh, Georgia. Georgia knows that. Uh, sure. You have Florida traveling uh, to uh, College Station, Texas A and M, and Texas A and M is a dumpster fire right now, isn't it? I mean, I know, I know, Jimbo Fisher is going to survive because you know it just he's going to survive. But there's going to be yes. a lot of changes on that team as far as yep. coaching is concerned. Uh, Florida got a shot against Texas A and M. Uh, you know, this is what I say about Billy Napier. You know, obviously I cover Georgia, but I'll say this about Billy Napier. The guy can recruit. Yeah. The guy is legit. The guy is he is he is a very devout Christian and he is a very, very straightforward football coach. And um, you know, if he can manage the transfer portal and they can continue to recruit, if they can get bodies in there, Billy Napier can can coach he'll be a good coach for Florida. And I've and, you know the a lot the of people work half. for him. Yeah, the second half for Florida when they came out and made yeah. the game closer, yeah. they had no quit on them, you know, That's at right. all. That's right. You know, yeah. and, so and I, I, I expect them to be tough this this year. Speaking of that, of that year. you know, uh, that fumble interception Georgia had started the second half. See, that's the thing that scares me about a Tennessee. You know, you have a fumble, you have a turnover, you know, and you have them bunched in there, and all of a sudden the other team just goes wild and crazy. I don't want to see that happen. You're I want Tennessee. Not. With Tennessee, that would be fine, but – you know, I don't want to see that happen with Georgia. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't bring that. They don't bring this. Tennessee don't. So it's totally two different, totally different philosophies. But I'll tell yeah. you this: when Georgia played Paul Johnson, when he had it rolling, you had to count series possessions per half because right. Tennessee is going to score. Well, Georgia Tech was going to have the ball, so if yeah. you gave them turnovers and extra possessions, it made it almost impossible to beat a team like that. Yeah. 
Uh, Liberty uh, University going oh. to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. Liberty's Ooh. ranked uh, 23 in the country. That may be an interesting game. That'll be on the SEC Network at 4 o'clock on Saturday. What do you think, they beat, Liberty? They beat, the, they beat the breaks off of BYU. Yes, they did. And and I'm telling you, this quarterback and, and Hugh Freeze has got – I don't know what Sam Pittman walked into, but his out-of-conference was Cincinnati at Provo, Utah. Yeah. And then Liberty. And, by the way, Missouri State, who had uh, his whole, the old coach there, so – who's slung all over the place. So, man, he's had a tough, tough um, out of conference. So, this is a big – this is a huge game for Arkansas to get to that yeah. sixth win because they've got LSU left. They've got Missouri left. they got some tough games left. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, that will be course, an interesting game. You have Alabama traveling to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. That's the 7 o'clock game on ESPN. So, when we're worn out from the Georgia-Tennessee game, we can flip it over and watch – Alabama at LSU, you know, is it a toss-up? I is this? I don't know. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. especially at night. So you'll find out from me at two weeks prepare. You know, what does Alabama fix? What you know, what what are they trying to work on here? And how far is LSU came? Because they've looked good now. They went to Florida, beat them. Quarterback played great. So we'll see against this Alabama team, kind of where the. You know, it's kind of, to me, it's find out weekend. You're going to find out with Georgia, Tennessee, and then you're going to find out with Alabama, LSU, kind of in that West. Crazy back-to-back games. Yeah, if LSU beats Alabama, then Bama's out, uh, I'm sure, for the uh, playoffs. I would uh, anticipate. Well, well, Alabama goes to Ole Miss next week. You know, by the way, Ole Miss has had two weeks prepared for them. Yeah. So that's going to be, you know, they got LSU and Ole Miss back-to-back on the road. Lane Kiffin would just love to beat Alabama. Let me tell you something. something. Lane Kiffin, it might shut Twitter down. I'm telling you. Uh, Auburn uh, traveling to Mississippi State. Uh, You know, Mississippi State uh, is is a formidable uh, opponent. You would think that Mississippi State probably would handle Auburn pretty good. But you never know. You know, you get an interim coach, and then they get revved up. You just just never know. Uh, South Carolina traveling to Vanderbilt. So, you know, that's that's it Mm. for the SEC. Well, I tell you what, Rusty. Uh, by the way, you got a prediction on the Georgia-Tennessee game? I, I do not yet. I mean, I, listen, I picked Georgia the first year. I, I'm going to pick Georgia unless something crazy changes my mind. I'm, I don't know the score yet. I'm going to kind of look at this thing as we get a little closer. But, um, you know, it's it's tough. You know, can, can Georgia win a shootout? I don't think Georgia can win a shootout. To, yeah, we don't I need a shootout. You don't want to shoot out. You want to get, you know, my my theory kind of early is can you get two to three stops each half yep. and limit them because, you know, they're not getting stopped right now. But to me, and, then, you know, not trying to sound like a homer, but the, the fan base can have so much effect on this game. Yep. because of the communication it takes to run those plays with Tennessee. I know they're working on silent camps and, uh, counts and all that, but Georgia, the, the Sanford Stadium can really be a problem this game for communication with Tennessee and what they do, signals and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm interested to see what that role plays in it. And like you said, I think it's a big, I think that's a, a very good point for us. Can Georgia run the football? Because if Georgia can run the football, it changes the entire dynamic and it puts pressure on Tennessee because you know it's going to be a minute before we get the ball back. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we can't stop the run. 
Hey, and and maybe we'll get a little heavenly help from Coach Vince Dooley. <laughs> you know, be, I'm sure. The, oh man, you know, what a great man. coach! What a great yeah, man. You know, yeah, I was on the sidelines of the national championship shooting photos, and he was one of the first people I saw after Ringo makes that interception. You know, down there, and um, I think back to that moment, think, man, what what was his mind thinking? Like we got one, and you know, you probably had to lift a lot off him, like you know. I'll live long enough to see one another one. That probably was, and you see, everybody sees the picture of Kirby and Coach Dooley hugging and what meant. You could tell in Kirby's facial expression, you know, what that moment meant for him. Yeah, uh, just a great, you know, a great coach, obviously, uh, athletic director, but a good man too. You sure, know, and, and wonderful, most importantly, yep, wonderful yep. family. Uh, yeah. You have a prediction for Slippery Rock and Edinburgh University? I mean, I'm that's a big game. I'm gonna dig into that. Uh, yeah. You know. The beauty of college football, we're sitting here talking about Georgia, Tennessee, and there's somebody in this world that's walking around that's in knots about that game in Pennsylvania yeah. this weekend. So God bless us all. You know, the, the only reason I bring up Slippery Rock, when I was a kid, you know, they used to talk about Slippery Rock. You know, they'd give the Slippery Rock uh, scores. And I, I, for some reason, Slippery Rock against Shag Nasty, which is some kind of university somewhere, always stuck in my mind. No, I no. just, I'm too old, brother. <laughs> well, Rusty, it's no. good to have you with us on our program Thank today. Thank you. Thank and you uh, we hope always. to see you. You hope to see you Saturday. Go dogs! Is it's a big, it's a big one. I tell you this: one. I'm working. On, I'm working on the recruiting notes right now, and I'm telling you right now, this might be the most talented uh, list ever under Kirby Smart for a home game. It's going to be, it's going to be deep all the way, about four classes deep of uh, a lot of a lot of top top players from around the country. And by the way, you still have them at number two with the recruiting class coming up? Yeah, they are right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Got a chance to, you know, the, the recruiting part for me under Kirby Smart, you know, his, historically for him, it, it's, it's never to me going to be outside of top four. It's just kind of how you finish with a couple of players here and there. But recruiting, they're going to still be, they're going to be elite because Kirby Smart cares about it. And that, that's something important for him. I've heard him say it at clinics before. You know, it's not X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> that's true. But yeah. just look, just look at the product on the field. You know, that's right. That's right. You got Nolan going down, but you hey, you got you got some studs coming in. So yep. next man up. That's right. All right. Thank you, Rusty, for being with us. And go dogs. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. Dogs on Demand would like to thank Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, for sponsoring our program today. When the time comes to finance or refinance your home, make the smart choice and get your home loan from Southeast Mortgage. Your friends at Southeast Mortgage are ready to help you. Visit southeastmortgage.com slash UGA today for more information. Be sure to visit Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and our great interactive website, dogsondemand.com. Join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with the latest sports news from the University of Georgia and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.